And it is episode 37 with Pastor Miles and Pastor Mark of the Questions Podcast, where you get our spiritual minty freshness. And a big help and a cold-blooded love. Cold-blooded would be good right now. It's been a little bit warm and dry. It is warm and dry. It's very windy this morning or this afternoon, this whole day. Thankfully, not too many bad fires down here in San Diego County. However, thank you, Jesus. currently, the California fire map shows 12 active fires burning at this very moment in the state of California. Definitely praying for the firefighters that are working those fires. Is, is Wyatt on a strike team right now? You know, he was at the top of the strike team list, and I tried to get a hold of him today, and no call back. So that usually means he is doing something gnarly fire-related. Man, oh, man. I'm guessing he is. So we'll find out. Yes, definitely keeping those guys in prayer that they can get these uh, fires under control, that the weather would shift. That's what we need. Yeah, these wildfires are fast moving. They are deadly. They're not to be messed with. When they tell so you to far, leave home, yeah, get, get out. out of there. So far, we've been uh, spared down here. We had a, a few fires this last week that the uh, Cal Fire and San Diego County Fire Departments, they did a good job of. Yeah, they got on it. Out. They annihilated. They went to war. They, they took those things job. out quick. Yeah, a couple in Ramona, one in Valley Center. Yeah, and the conditions were a little bit, uh, there was wind, but it wasn't like, it's crazy now. I was in the mountains this morning at four it started whipping up early about four forty-five, five 5 o'clock in the morning and it was blowing 50 60 yeah i heard it i heard it outside i wasn't up at that time in the morning but i heard it yeah i'm not getting up that time tomorrow i sure no, no no yes so that's 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 newsworthy fires going on yeah i was watching the news i was running on the treadmill this morning they had the news playing at the gym Oh, yeah. And uh, they were showing footage at the Reagan Library in Simi Valley, and they had, man, some fire blowing through there like crazy. Really? It was pretty gnarly. Wow. wow. The uh, helicopters and planes were dropping water like crazy. So it looks just gnarly. dry. Yeah. So it was it it was in like the mid-30s this morning? Cold, dry, windy. Yeah, up, up in the mountains. Yeah. But with the 50-some miles an hour wind, it felt like I was in Minneapolis or something. Wind chill, man. Oh, man. You went to Minneapolis a couple of years ago, right? Mindianapolis? M- minty, minty. Minty. Oh, Mindianapolis. I, I, I actually I think you... I've got a little nose thing going on. Oh, right okay. Now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've, I've been there many, many times. And always this conference I go to, it's in the middle of January. So it's freezing cold, like really bad. The one plus, Who puts that on? Uh, John Piper's ministry. So the Calvinist or what? Yeah, yeah. Well, the Frozen I mean, Chosen up there. In I was going to say Frozen Hearts. Hey, whoa! There's <laughs> the my jab chosen. for the day. Wow. Uh, yeah. So the one, the one upside about Minneapolis is they have this skyway that you walk pretty much inside from building to building. Um, so it's kind of nice. This little these ton or these uh, bridges connect all the buildings, enclosed bridges. So you don't have to go outside very much. But when you do, it's like. I think the last time Garrett and I were both there, and it was in the, what did they call that thing? The the polar vortex. You remember that? Yeah. It was like negative 50. Whoa. Yeah. You go outside, you breathe through your nose, you instantly feel like everything inside of your nose freeze. Not, not you good. You do not have to worry about your ice cream melting too fast. Yeah, no. No. Your ice cream gets more frozen. You wow. Don't, you don't want to be out in that for very long. No. It See, was bad. all these and trams we don't, and we stuff. Don't have, we don't have... No clothing we for weather like no, that. No, heck no. I had like a single North Face fleece. We're like, oh, there we go. This is good for yeah. like fifty degrees. Yeah, we laugh at Not your North Face fifty. Yeah, uh huh. Yeah, yeah, it was bad. So the fires are in the news. We have some other newsworthy things. Lay it on me. I'm ready. Kanye West. 
dude. So uh, Kanye's new album came out. Could we could we technically call that a Christian album? Do you think he gets a Dove Award for this thing? If he doesn't win a Dove Award, it's not fair. He needs to get up and push whoever it is out of the way and say, you know what, man? The, My album was the best. Those, yeah, I'm not. Yeah. A, I'm not a rap guy. <laughs> I, I he's gonna not, push. He's uh, gonna push Phil Wickham out of the yeah, way. Yeah, so, who, hey, yeah, yeah. My album was better. Yeah, knock over Phil. <laughs> Phil Wickham and Phil Keggy, both oh, at the same time. Gracious. Yeah, you know, yeah. Um, for those of you who don't know about this or don't know who Kanye West is, he's kind of a big deal in the music industry outside of the Christian world. But uh, in about the last yeah. year or so, he's had a bit of a conversion. And yeah. not only has he had a bit yeah. of a conversion, he came out with an art, a new album this last week. It dropped last Friday. And the album's title is Jesus is King. And uh, it's got some really good music on it. But then on top of that... Great lyrics. Right. Kanye, I mean, has, been, Kanye has been holding Sunday services, he calls them. Yeah. And uh, they had a big Sunday service this last Sunday at the LA Forum. They had more than 15,000 people packed in there. And um, we watched some of it here the other day. I was blown away. It's pretty amazing. I got a little clip from it. Yeah. We'll check out these lyrics here. Yeah. Follow Jesus. Listen and obey. No more living for the culture. We nobody slave. Dude, that was the opening song. And it just and it just gets more legit from there. Follow Jesus, listen and obey. No more living for the culture. We ain't nobody's slaves. Stand up for my home. Even if I take this walk alone, I bow down to the king upon the throne. My life is his. I'm no longer my own. Well, the dude's saved, man. I, I don't know if it gets any more straight up than that. I, you know what? I know some pastors getting up on the weekend. They're not preaching it that hard. I pray to God he'll strengthen my hand. They will think twice stepping onto my land. He's talking about spiritual warfare because he talks about, I got my weapons in the spirit's land. Jezebel don't even stand a chance. Yeah. I, Man. I, I mean, I don't know what you think, but I've been watching a little bit because I'm yeah. not a big rap guy at all. But and, no? and Kanye West just... I kind of see you kind of bust a rhyme here and there. Well, yeah. DJ yeah. Mackie Mark. That's it, man. Yeah. Well, funky Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. That's <laughs> no, that's it. taken. Sorry, no, that's dude, t- you can't, oh, can't that use that one. Yeah. <laughs> no, copyright. Yeah, okay. Um, but, uh, you know, just watching the videos of it, listen to some of the songs, you yeah. know, to see what people are doing, this, there might be really something to this, more of a move of God than we, than we think. Absolutely. I, I mean, I when mean, you announce on a Wednesday 
Yeah. But you're going to have a in service Detroit. on Sunday. In Detroit, and you get thousands of people and showing up. You get thousands. Just show up. So and it's not he, the... Yeah. It's, he's got a pastor who's been ministering to him. Guy lives up in North LA, the area that's been burning lately. Yeah. Uh, solid pastor, Bible teacher named Adam Tyson, I think is his name. No, they, and, the uh, guy's legit. He's been speaking at these yeah. things. Yeah. So, and then at the end of it, you know, like I said, they had more than 15,000 people at the forum and they, they gave an altar call. They encourage people to pray to receive Christ. Like, I don't know, man. It's pretty impressive. I, I'm blown away by it, for sure. Yeah. Well, you're not going to see me hating on it. No, not at all. No. So whatever it takes. Yeah. And we'll pray those people get discipled and get into a church every week. But yeah, I, I, absolutely. What a great... If God, you know, yeah. if, if God this wants the, to use yeah. Kanye West to bring people to Jesus, praise the Lord. Yeah. I'm, I'm down with it. No, no. I'm all, I'm all for it. So that's kind of a cool... That's super... That's encouraging news. Yeah. So it's kind of funny watching the talk show hosts... Hosts? Hosts. Horses? Horses. Okay. See, I told you, my sinuses. Gotcha. The talk show guys are really wrestling with this. There's some people kind of kind of hating on it. Yeah, but they can't really come out and say too much. Right. Because there's a whole cultural thing there, too. So, Well, you know, the guy's got 30 million followers on, on uh, Twitter. That's more than some countries. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Pretty crazy. I don't know. I'm definitely praying for him. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. So... People, pray for Kanye. Yeah, absolutely. And his wife. You know who else has been speaking about this who um, ha- seems to have been impacted by the Sunday services that Kanye is doing? He he came out to a impromptu Sunday service that Kanye did in Watts. Brad Pitt. Really? Yeah, Brad Pitt is really impressed by the Sunday services and seems like he was impacted by it too. Like, man, it's just okay, so crazy stuff. Benny Hinn. Yeah, <laughs> Benny Hinn gets saved. Oh my goodness, Kanye yeah. West. You got it. You got a and, and dare a I professor, say a professor from Toronto University of Toronto, a psychology professor who is you know got millions of people watching him teach through the Book of Genesis. Okay, and then Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt. Yeah, Jesus is God's up to something. Man, absolutely. Yeah, keep it up, Jesus. Yeah. Stay with it. Let's go. Let's surf this wave. Follow Jesus, listen, and obey. No more living for the culture. We nobody slaves. All right. There you go, Miles. Maybe I this weekend you should just rap the whole... I, I ain't got no rhymes, man. You ain't got no rhymes? I'm, bust a rhyme? I'm whiter than white when it oh, comes to Oh, man. That. Yeah. You know? Yep. Nope. Not, not me. I'll leave that to Kanye and Lecrae and all those other guys. Yeah. So anyways, uh, I think that's, that's about it for the news. That's good news. Actually, I did see this. Um, you know, dipping the toe into the politics thing. Um, Joe Biden is running for president. He was denied <laughs> communion at a Catholic church he attended this last week because of his uh, his position on abortion. The Catholic priest would not serve him communion because he is pro-choice and supports abortion. And uh, the Catholic priest said, nope, doesn't fit with church church teaching. He's in sin. Yeah. So, so that's pretty powerful. That priest, that's it, awesome. He did the it slap caused down. some problems. There were some people in the news media that were upset about that. Why like, would hey, you, listen, this is this is what the church if, teaches. Yeah, if you don't believe it, then don't show up at church. Yeah. You know, pick something else. Go worship a lettuce, head of lettuce or something. But don't, you know, a grapefruit. But sorry, Bible's the Bible's pro-life, man. Absolutely, you 100%. Know? So no, are we. no apologies. Yes. Man, Shall we um, move into the questions? Can I give a high flyover on this? Just, just say a high flyover on why I, I love commentary on the commentary here. Commentary on the questions. I, yes, I, I love these questions. We got some good questions today. There's some great questions. 
So I don't know what we put in the communion juices last week. No, it was the message. Well, we did have communion this last week. We had great communion. We didn't have to deny anybody communion, did we? No. No, 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 no. Good. Glad to hear that. It was funny because they were cleaning up the sanctuary. and They're like, hey, did you guys do communion in here this weekend? We have some cups hanging out. Uh, there were just crackers all over the oh, place. Oh, there so you go. Evidently, right. you know. We dropped some of the some of the crackers. No, Cookie Monster was there or something. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, yeah, so we got some great questions. I'm really excited about these. Numero uno. Does Satan, numero uno, brought to you by the Center for Minty Freshness and Cold-Blooded Love. Yes, that's that's this place, dun, my dun, office. Dun. Miles' office. On Wednesday afternoons. All right. When okay, so number one, uh, does Satan have the ability to inflict people with sickness, disease, etc.? If he does, do also his demons, and if he or they do, is permission from God necessary? Hmm. Okay, so it would appear that he, Satan, and they, demons, do have the ability to uh, inflict sicknesses upon people. The reason I say that is because there are people in the Gospels who are afflicted by physical ailments, diseases, and Jesus not only heals them, but he delivers them from uh, possession or oppression from demons. So apparently, it would seem that those demons brought with them some form of infirmity or sickness. Now, as I've been saying quite a bit as we've been going through the book of Job, just because something does happen at one point in one time in a place in Scripture does not mean that we need to carry that over to every sickness. So um, this goes back to pre-my days, back in the Jesus movement days in the 70s. After that, there was a period of time where there was kind of this charismatic thing of Christian demon possession. And so people thought that every time you had any sort of illness or sickness, you know, got to cast that demon out. Or if they had an addiction, you know, cast the demon of nicotine I remember out. that. You uh, remember that? Oh, yeah. There was the alcohol demon. Right. And the nicotine demon. The nicotine demon. And the cursing demon. The donut demon. The donut demon. Well, that's the one people wanted cast into them. Right? Oh, is that how it worked? I Don't think that's what the, it was. Oh, I hate the donut. I'm going to die. I must have a donut demon. The donut demon. Chocolate the, glaze. The, the apple fritter demon is a very, oh. very powerful demon. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I try to stay away from the apple. We fritter come demon. by so anyways, the dozen, so like I said, we are many. That's the de- the, the donut demon at yes, cross One hundred and forty-four. There you 12 go. Twelve dozen glazed. So so we we can't immediately assume that anybody who is sick that they got a demon. So I think you got to be careful with that whole thing. But it does appear that sometimes we so, used to call those the demon under every rock. People. Yeah, uh-huh. got to yeah. be careful of that one. Yeah. Yeah, so be careful with that. Um, if they do have permission, do they need to get per- or do they? If they do do this, do they need permission from God uh, to do so? Um, I'm not 100 percent sure that they need to go knock on God's door every single time that they want to oppress somebody or possess somebody. That, that's not devil's kind of running the operation down here for the moment. Well, he I mean, goes yeah. to and fro yeah. on the earth, seeking whom he may devour like yeah. a roaring lion. It's a fallen so. world, man. Yeah, we're in a fallen world. Yeah, so. Good question. Not to insinuate God's powerless in this at all. No, he's working mightily. Yes. And he works in and through his church, too. So. So. Yeah. All right. Well, here, you know, we're going to, I hope there's not going to cause a riff in the relationship. No, here. could never happen. Number two. Yeah. Pastor Guzik's 
Bible commentary on Job Somebody, 1. Somebody's been fact-checking me. Oh, man. That's what's going on here. That's exactly what this oh. is. I'm teaching through Job, and people are going to check Guzik to see if Probably Miles got it right. during the sermon. I, I guarantee it. That's what man, they're doing on their David on their Guzik, devices. the gold standard of Bible uh, commentary. I don't, know. I don't know if I'd say that. The, the I diamond just said standard. It. The diamond the platinum standard. standard. Is that what it is? I don't okay. know. Yeah. The enduring anyway, word standard. You know, lightweight, transparent aluminum. Yes. Okay. So, the Star Trek thing, you would Pastor Guzik's Bible commentary. The Guzmeister. Anyway. On Job 1. The, yeah. The famous Polish commentator from Santa Barbara. Yeah. Anyway, God's purpose for Job's suffering was a This tool. is a quote. He said this? This is the quote from David, supposedly. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you know. I'm, we I'm, could fact I'm, check I'm, the fact check. We could. Yeah. We're not going to. Yeah, we could, though. God's purpose for Job's suffering was a tool to teach angelic beings. Mm. Job made known the manifold. I love that manifold. Manifold. It's like Like the exhaust manifold. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Wisdom of God to the principalities and powers in heavenly places. End quote. Who were these beings and what was accomplished by doing this? We should totally just call David and go, what were you thinking, David? Yeah. What were you thinking? Just. Throw him under the bus. So. Oh, look at this. I, I am fact-checking the fact-check. Okay. Yeah. Well, we like... don't want to misquote a quote, right? Yeah. Okay, so um, God's purpose. Oh, so the question here is, who were these beings and what was accomplished by doing this? God is revealing Yeah, this person power. automatically believes Guzik. They're totally, you know, they weren't even, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, the the beings that this comes out of Ephesians three principalities and powers, Ephesians six talks about the principalities and powers actually. Um, so yeah, those are angelic beings. Th- there is a view among some Bible teachers that there's a hierarchy or ranking of spiritual beings and right. angels, and like that, angels and archangels. Yeah, kind of like that. And so Paul might be referring to different levels or ranks of angels when he says principalities and powers, but it's definitely a, a reference to different, you know, spiritual beings in heavenly places. So, so David in his commentary on Job one, he and I might have a good conversation about this. But his commentary is that the reason that God is allowing or doing these things in Job's life is to show His power to the angels. Um, yeah, maybe. I mean, there's a great verse in, um, Ephesians chapter, I think that it's chapter three. Let me take a look here just to make sure. Ephesians chapter three. Let's look at verse 10. Yeah. To make, oh, so this is the verse he's probably referencing because it's got the word manifold in it. Mm. To the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in heavenly places. So um, the cool thing about this verse is that God reveals his power and wisdom through his people, through his church, mm-hmm. to angelic beings. So, uh, yeah, I think that's answering the question. So, yeah, God does do that. And the principalities and powers are angelic beings, spiritual beings. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if I answered that or not. Did, did we answer that? No, yeah. you, you answered the fact that it was yeah. that. I, I'm just going to say, you know, in the commentary of Mark, really, that not, one's not nothing like maybe David. Not quite as viewed yeah, online as yeah. First, David's. No, or or Miles. I'm, no, I'm just saying not I'm Miles. not a Mar- I'm not a David or a Miles. No, my thing is I always take these things at face value, uh. and I'm like, it's great that this. If this was an example to the angels and all that, that's great. But I'm looking at this. Then why is it there for me to read? 
And so I'm just kind of where, where it's, it's instructive for you. I, I'm just looking at it and go, man, this really ministers to me. And this gives me guidance and wisdom on how a righteous man handles the trials and travails of life. To me, it's a it's so a, far through chapter two, he's doing OK. Yeah, I, I don't think I think the overview, if I was, you know, the sportscaster, you know, up there giving some commentary, giving some yeah commentary. If I was a commentator, commentary uh-huh. and people yeah, actually uh-huh. listen to my commentary. Uh-huh. I, I would still, overall, I, I would still give him a pretty good grade. Give Job a passing grade? He did right? good. Job did good. When you consider everything compared to people I know and myself. So, so if you had to give him a grade, A, B, C, what, what would you give him? I'm going to roll. He's going to roll A minus. A minus? Yeah. A minus. So way yeah. above average. Yeah, way above average. Yeah. Because Now, where would, where would we line up if we were going through the same things that he was going through? We're not going to go through that. Well, let's <laughs> hope. Yeah. Uh, we're not doing that. I'm, 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 when it comes to that, I'm a name it and claim it guy. Okay? Oh, okay. Lord, do not do that to me, please. Well, but let's be very candid. I mean, I'm not as righteous as him. You lost a daughter in law a few years ago. That yeah. was pretty challenging. It was. You went through a real difficult thing. And I think uh, you guys walked through that righteously. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I think the most important thing for me in that is that, you know, I'm trying to get everybody else the other side of the line. Right. Um, and take care of everybody else in that. And, and I had a very, you know, someday we'll talk about it, but I had a very interesting conversation with the Lord through that. And he yeah, yeah. was very gracious to me, letting me know kind of what was going to go on. I knew she had passed before anybody else did. Yeah. He shared that with me. Um, and it was rough. But um, one of my, the things that was the biggest blessing is that I was really concerned that my son would blame God or mm, be yeah. discouraged by that. Kind of like what we've been talking about in Job. Right. And, I, and he had read, the book of Job and, and knows that. And, and, but you know, it's one thing to know it in theory. Uh huh. Yeah. It's another thing to walk through it. That's absolutely the case. And so, um, it's the, it's the difference between the, uh, the researchers and the experimenters. And I think theologians and pastors. Right. Yeah. You know, I would agree with that. Yeah. So it's, uh, you know, that's for, why we like to, uh, talk about theology in the raw, like actually working it out, applied theology. Well, I, I always say don't waste a, don't waste a trial. And so I, I feel like... Because you're like going to go through them you're gonna no go matter through what. It, no matter. Nobody gets away with it. The question it. is, will you come out the other side yeah. growing through it? Kind of the Romans 5 and the James chapter 1 right. or or not? Yeah. It's... Yeah. And, and, you know, you have the conversation like, come on, not me, Lord. This stuff doesn't happen to me. I work for you, right? Right. Yeah, come on. And yes, it does. certainly does. Which we're going to come to a pastor question here in a minute. I've been reading through... Um, so one of the really well-known books mm-hmm. on this whole topic of suffering and the the reality of God is a, is a book written in the early 1980s by a Jewish rabbi named Harold um, Kushner. And Kushner's book was, you know, When Bad Things Happen to Good People. He's not a Jewish guy, is he? That's what I just said. He's a rabbi. I, I, oh, oh sorry, sorry. Okay, Harold Kushner. Not all rabbis are Jewish, are they? No, he's a rabbi. Okay. So, uh, full-on Jewish rabbi yeah. from Massachusetts, I think. Okay. Uh, but yeah, so he wrote a book called When Bad Things Happen to Good People. Really? And um, widely read. I think it ended up being a bestseller at the time. And so I figured we're going through this book on Job. We're talking about this stuff. So I, I, I'm about halfway done reading through the book. And, um, you know, pretty fascinating. You, you come to realize that he went through some pretty severe trials. His right. firstborn son was diagnosed at like two or three years old with an ultimately terminal disease. His son died when he was 14. And through all that, this was the the wrestling match he had. He had that exact conversation. Like, I do everything right. I'm a rabbi. I right. follow you. I am an observant Jew. Why right. Why is this happening to me? This What's the deal? 
this shouldn't happen to me. This can happen to the people down the road, but this shouldn't be happening right. to me. So pretty, pretty eye-opening thing. And a lot of people experience that sort yeah. of thing. But in all of the things that Job went through, he did not accuse God of wrong. Right. That's fascinating. The, I think it's important for people, if you're, I'll just say for a believer, because yeah. I don't know what it's like to not be a believer anymore. Praise I, God. I'm not good about that, with that. But, you know. You drive like an unbeliever, though. I bought, no, I drive like a Pentecostal. Oh, okay. Well, the I The spirit guess so. of darkness is behind me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry, I cut you so off I'm there. fleeing there. But I, I do think, it just maybe in my experiences, I always believe the Lord's asking us a question when we go through these trials, and he's looking for an answer. Mm. And it's not because he doesn't know the answer to that question. It's because we don't know the answer to that question. And so, you know, for, for me walking through this, the question that came immediately was, she's passed. She's going to pass. She's going to be with me. Will you still worship me? Mm. And he was talking to me about worship. The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Absolutely. And so, and we can walk through that with joy later on because we know what the ultimate the ultimate is right right the final destination but See, and this, but that question right that's an important question but but that final destination if you will the ultimate end of everything we have the hope of eternity being with the lord right we talked about this this last sunday that we have been given this prediction from the scriptures that we will be in a place where there is no sorrow or suffering and sin and all that sort of stuff right so we look forward to that and what is what was fascinating to me in reading kushner's book right is that he gets to the point of talking about eternity, but then he says, but we're, we can't, nobody can be sure about that. So he's, you know, he removes the possibility of being in an eternity, a new heaven and a new earth where there is no more suffering. He removes that from the table. And ultimately his conclusion is, well, God's not powerful. He's not all powerful. He can't stop bad things from happening. That's his ultimate conclusion. That's a bummer. But the reason he comes to that is because he, he says, you know, we can't really know. He's basically agnostic on whether or not there is an ultimate afterlife. He says, well, we can't be entirely certain about that, which was an unfortunate thing. Because when you read Paul and Romans 8, the sufferings of this present world are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. So ultimately for the Christian, the hope of eternity with the Lord, um, that, that is one of the things that really carries us through. Well, the, that's a bummer because that brings me back to the Joe Biden thing. Uh-huh. If you're a rabbi and you don't believe that God is powerful— you right. don't believe in heaven. Uh-huh. What's the point? Yeah, living a fine, Enjoy those life. little dreadlock thingies you got. But I mean, it's Well, like, he's not that kind of Jew. Oh, okay. All right. No, he's not. He's not Hasidic or whatever. Yeah. But I'm like, just... just Is it Orthodox, Hasidic, yeah. or... I know the Reformed ones Both, are the ones yeah. that, you know, are they don't do scarcely it. Jewish. Yeah. Mostly. <laughs> mostly no, not. scarcely. <laughs> mostly not. Yeah. It's as Miracle Max would say. Yeah. I, I just don't... I don't get that, you know. Yeah. That's, wow. Yeah. Yeah, fascinating. That's crazy. That was a great quote. I think it was a C.S. Lewis yeah, quote C.S. Lewis. Used, that God does not create a longing or a desire in us that, for which there is no satisfaction. Right. Yeah, the only logical conclusion Lewis says in Mere Christianity is that if there is a desire that this world does not satisfy, the most probable explanation is we are created for another world. I think that's great. That's awesome. I, I totally want to have a cup of coffee with that guy in heaven. Yeah. He, so. he was pretty cool. His books are sometimes challenging to read. You've got to focus when you're reading Lewis. He had some challenges. Yeah. Didn't he lose a wife to cancer? Yes, he did. Yeah, that was a hard one. Mm-hmm. So, wow. Okay, I think we answered that. I think we did. Okay, three. Would our church allow a female to teach slash preach a message in a Sunday service? Do you think the person sending this is wanting an opportunity to preach? I don't know. 
I know it's not my wife. No. Nope. My, my wife told me don't ever ask me to get up there. And do anything? She doesn't like to be up in front of people. No, my wife doesn't like to be in front of people either. Okay, uh, so the answer to the question is, well, it depends on the circumstance. Yeah, so I think we have to, to go back to the scripture and right. kind of bring that up there. Maybe. And so what what people are referring to is is they, they in the New Testament, it talks about how uh, a man not teaching to, excuse me, women not teaching to men. Or have authority over men. Oh, have an authority over this men. This is going to be in Paul's letter to Timothy. Correct. And I believe this is more of an authority issue than an actual speaking right. issue. Yeah, because the challenge is, is that Paul seems to have conflicting words on this, because in Timothy he says this, and it might be First Timothy 2, 12, right around there. Um, but in... First Corinthians, he talks about a woman, you know, prophesying in the church or speaking right. in the church. So, so clearly, there you you really have to read these things carefully and deduce what's being said. But I I would agree with you on this, Mark. Yeah. So it's I, an issue of authority, spiritual authority within the church. Yeah. So I think how um, I remember one time uh, at my old church, Maranatha. Maranatha. Yeah. Um, they had a gal speak. Who was it? Uh, it was, she was like a Revlon model or something. She oh, wrote yeah, a yeah. Book She's or from Santa Barbara. I think so. And, and nice lady. Kathy Ireland. Is it? I think that's no, who it was. No, I don't, I don't think so. I think maybe it might have been. I could find out. Who knows? And then, obviously... And uh, Graham Lotz, And right? Graham Lotz. And I know Elizabeth Elliott spoke many times at Calvary Chapel churches. Yeah, and so... Um, but how they handled it was is they weren't having authority over anybody. Right. They were getting up and sharing a testimony. And they are under the authority of the pastors and, and elders yeah. of the church. And so the, she, he, she was under the authority and the covering and the headship of Pastor Ray at the time. Right. And it's something that, you know... Um, he did. It wasn't something they did on a on a very consistent basis, but it probably three to four times down there. And I think it was handled well, and I think it was handled biblically. Um, so I know, you know, that can be a sensitive subject in our culture. Um, you know, I have a daughter who's in ministry, but I totally understand why um, we're going to be biblical on this. Uh, yeah. So I, I'm going to stay with it. So just like there's the questions podcast, which everybody should be a subscriber to, there's also a website that is a uh, questions website there. Mm -hmm. There's lots of questions being answered on gotquestions.org. And they've been around for more than 20 years, I think, really long time, very highly trafficked and some really good answers, biblical questions there. Um, But, you know, even though I'm saying this, you should still listen to the podcast because it's way cooler, way cooler and humbler. But but their number one question for years, the most right. commonly asked question has been, what does the Bible say about women pastors? So this is a big discussion. It's a really big discussion in our culture right now because there's this ongoing conversation about uh, women in every aspect of life and society. And um, and so it's obviously coming into the church as well. Now, I, I wouldn't have a problem um, with uh, women in pretty much any area of leadership outside the church but within the church, we do have some some teaching in the New Testament having to do with the area of pastor elder within the church, and so right. we see that as a, a male role. Um, so yeah, yeah, no apology. It just it is what it is. But would we ever have a woman come and speak on a Sunday morning under the authority of the pastors and elders? If we had asked someone to do so, yeah, possibly. But like I said, it depends upon the circumstances. Yeah, and I, I think it's also important to recognize that. Um, we have women on staff here mm-hmm. that um, they counsel people. Right. They teach the Bible. Uh, good teachers, they, too. The good teachers. And they they perform all kinds of basically what we would call, you know, 
priestly duties. Yeah. You know, a, a shepherding a, function. Shepherding function without the label or the title pastor. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that uh, some churches will have female directors that ha- do many of the same things. It's just the the position and the office of pastor. And I have to say, if that is the only position, and, and gals, is it the only position that you're, you know, not not qualified because of sex uh-huh. or gender, however you want to say it, yeah. that's a very, very small window. Because believe me, there's a lot of things that I can't do as a guy. You can't have babies. I can't. And actually, when you read the passage in Timothy, I think there's kind of an allusion to that whole thing as well. Yeah. So there's a role that is only for women, will never be for men, even though the tabloids keep talking about men giving birth to children, having babies. Those are not biological men. No. So, yeah. No. So there are... There, I'm sure that could get yeah. us into trouble. How strange is that, that? That could get you into trouble saying something so obvious today. I have no idea. Well, I have an idea, but I think the pendulum is going to swing back. I think that it's gone too far, and it probably yeah. will come back with a whiplash. Yeah. So yeah. Um, so we answered that question. Um, the answer is yes. It depends on the circumstances. It depends on the circumstances. It's not something that obviously would be, we're, you know, running around or trolling to try, trying to find a, somebody to go do that. Um, just as it would have to be a special circumstance. Right. So anyway. Yes. Okay. Um <laughs> Why is mahogany? You know, why is mahogany? Mahogany. Mahogany. Yeah. Yeah. Why I don't is, think that's what my, that word one is. of my favorite woods. Yeah. Mahogany teak. Why is monogamy. monogamy a Christian tradition and typically the law of all Christian nations, yet polygamy was practiced and not well, poly first, that tells me it's plastic. It's not real. Okay. Was practiced and not discouraged in the Bible. When did this fad go out of style? See, there's we some great, great words. There's some great words in there. And, yeah. Okay, let, let's say it's not a fad. No. Um, monogamy is not a Christian tradition. It's a biblical value. Um, so in, in instances like this, I think it's helpful to consider where monogamous and polygamous marriage first appear in the Bible. Yeah. Because um, monogamy first appears in the Bible when God institutes monogamous marriage at creation. So Genesis chapter one and Genesis chapter two, God says, let us make man in our image. He creates the male and female. So man in that instance is humanity, male and female. And then Genesis chapter two, he says, it's not good that man would be alone. And so then we have Eve created from Adam. And then the two of them are joined together as one. And they are, you know, they become one flesh and that is marriage. So God is the creator and institutor of marriage. Then when does plural marriage or polygamy, which is, you know, there's a lot of people talking about polyamorous relationships and, you know, multiple marriage. Again, it's kind of a thing that's back in the topic because there's been such a, a devastation to marriage in our culture in the last 50 years. So where does polygamy appear in the scriptures? The first time is in Genesis chapter five with a, an evil man named Lamech. And so you have this wicked guy who takes multiple wives. So he's the one who kind of institutes that himself. So when we see multiple marriage in the Old Testament quite a bit, it's the scriptures reporting on it. It's gotten, it's not God prescribing it or condoning it. He's just reporting the news. Right. And, you know, let's keep this in focus too. This was pre-alimony and child support. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I just... 
Not, think, I'm not a hundred percent sure that those are being played in. No, the whole no, scenario. no, no. Let me tell you what's playing the scenario. Like, can you? I, I just would not want to be married. That would be creepy to be married to two people at the same time. Gosh, there was that show on one of the cable t- channels for a while. The guy's got four or five different wives and all these kids. Of course, he lives in you know Utah. Um, yeah, totally strange, totally weird. I mean, you mess up once in a while, right? Never. Could, could you could you see them both being mad at you and disappointed? I mean, it, it could go bad. Well, I mean, all you have to do is read the book of Genesis to find out that it goes bad. Jacob had two wives and two concubines and 12 sons from all of them. And it still wasn't a big enough. time mess. It was a problem. Yeah. Major problem. Okay. Okay. So, but that's two Old Nordstrom Testament. cars. Oh, let's not even go yeah. there. Let's not even go there. Yeah. Let, but let's go to Jesus' teaching, because in the New Testament, Jesus' teaching on marriage is clear. Um, in uh, Matthew 19, yep. he cites the Old Testament creation story, and he says that God created them from the beginning, male and female, and for this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. And so then what God has joined together, let no one separate. So the foundation of society is what God has instituted with marriage and families. God is the one who put that thing together. So God originally created and instituted marriage to be a lifelong joining together of a man and a woman in a covenant relationship. And when that foundation of society breaks down, then society breaks down. And that's exactly what we're and watching. And historically, happen. that's, yeah. Yeah. It's always happened. So Right. So it wasn't a fad. It's not a tradition. It's... It's a fact, a and, and Bible fact. Now, it's so, been reported as such. Huh. I mean, it's been just because, like, Abraham brought in a surrogate mom. It does not mean that God approved of it. God no. did not approve of it. Look at all the trouble he got himself. Well, and actually, it. you know, he God did not recognize the the child that came from that union as that which was the one of the right. promise. So not that God didn't bless the child, but it wasn't the one that he was going to work right. through. God was actually so. quite gracious in that mishap. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, and I think it's 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 worth saying again. Marriage between one man and one woman is the foundation of society, historically speaking. And where, when societies break from that, is when societies begin to break down. And we are we are watching the continuation of that in the West. Yeah. Rome did not collapse from outside forces. It rotted from within. Hmm. I was thinking about that today while I was running on the treadmill, like. I was watching, you know, the news thing was going on. Yeah. And I just saw, you know, they were cutting to Capitol Hill. And I was thinking, because, you know, I was just in Rome. Right. Speaking of Rome. When in Rome. And you see all these magnificent ruins. And you, you can't you can't really wrap your mind around what did it look like? What did it actually look right. like? You're just looking at these columns and things broken down. And it, it occurred to me while I was looking just at that caption, Capitol Hill. In 500 years, will people just be going to see the ruins of Capitol Hill. Uh, I hope that the nation continues to be strong. But, you know, just like you said, Rome rotted from within. Yeah. And there's a lot of problems in our own nation that uh, don't look good. Yeah, we're not battling. The United States of America is not battling exterior pressures. That's not our big thing. It's the pressure from within. We're turning on our, ourselves, really. We're in a very, we're in a, just a very bad shape morally. Yeah. Moral. Yeah, the moral compass is spinning. Hmm. So, yeah, polygamy. It's, you know, style. Okay. Number, number what? Number five. 
number five. <laughs> I like this. What does the life of a pastor look like? Do you watch rated R movies, listen to secular music, utter the occasional curse word? We listen to Kanye West. Does that count as secular music? Not currently. Not anymore. I guess not. Okay, so the life of a pastor should, should, should look like the life of any committed Christian. 10-4. Their life should mm-hmm. be worthy of imitation. Yes. Paul says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. He says that note those who so walk as you have us for a pattern. He's speaking about leaders. So the life of a pastor should be that which is imitatable as they seek to walk and follow after Christ. Now, as for us, Man. us pastors, uh, Pastor Mark and Pastor Miles, spiritual minty freshness and uh, cold-blooded love here. It says, do you watch? Do you watch? Do we? Do we, do we? watch Rated R movies? You got a mouse Not together. in your pocket? You speak French? What? Not together. Yeah. Uh, okay, I'll, I'll go first, and then you give me your take, and you tell me if you got any pushback okay. on this. That's good. It'll, it'll help me look holier than <laughs> right. you. I, I don't have any hard, fast rule against Rated R movies, but... I'm pretty discerning about what I allow to go into my mind and heart, you know, through my eyes and ears. And uh, so I don't li- I don't watch a lot of movies, period. I have been known to occasionally see a rated R movie here and there. But, um, yeah, I'm pretty discerning about what I allow to go into my heart. So there's lots of things that I will not subject myself to. Yeah, so you're a pretty strong believer in the garbage in, garbage out thing? Absolutely. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. So as far as the movie thing, we'll tackle the movie thing. I'm not a huge movie guy. Right. Um, well, except for the Hallmark movies. No, I don't watch the Hallmark movies. Well, you just you just kind of support your wife and her? Well, we don't have Hallmark, Hallmark Channel now. Oh, it man. It was a limited time offer. Oh, well, you'll have to It was like six bucks a month. Something. I'm like, I'm not, I'm, I'm not paying that. What are you trying to bankrupt me, woman? So um, maybe around Christmas. Pride and any... Prejudice is not a rated R movie. I know that much. It is not. No. No. So I tried to... First of all, I don't like really tragic stuff. Yeah, we I don't want to grieve myself. Of, yeah, how is it entertaining to watch something that's no, like we, deeply No, we grieving? see enough of real life with people are yeah. dying and hurting and divorcing and uh-huh. committing and doing all these things. And, and so I, I want to be cheered up or engaged, encouraged. So let me think of... Like Top Gun, that's cheerful. Yeah, now yeah. is Top Gun rated R? I don't know, let's look. Top Gun rating. I think, I'm going to say it's PG-13, but let's see. Okay. PG? Not even PG-13? Wow, dude. 1986, we're, the standards were a little bit different. Bro, we're practically Puritans. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. How about how about the new Top Gun? Top Gun 2020 rating. You're going to make it hard for me to concentrate now. I'm just, I'm just I'm looking. I'm already shopping for Ray Brown. Ray Vans. I already got my Tom Cruise haircut. Oh, yeah, man. We got we to gotta make sure we get yeah. our Top Gun Maverick. That's what it's called. Okay. Top Gun Maverick rated. No rating yet. Not yet. Not okay, yet. so are the Jason Bourne movies, are they rated? Oh, R? yeah, Bourne. Identity. Let's see. I don't think they are. PG-13. Yeah, I'm prob- I can't think of the last rated R movie I saw now that I think about it. Yeah, I, I have to agree with you. I don't know about that. Yeah. Huh. So like the Bourne like, movies were great. Oh, I did. I really like. I'm not a big violent movie guy anymore. I used to love Dirty Harry movies, but um, I've never seen those. Really, Clint the Dark Eastwood. Knight, the Dark Knight series was PG-13. Yeah, I wasn't a big Batman guy. 
I liked I liked. Them. Oh, I know you like Batman. Um, We're getting way off topic. Here. How about just, Secondhand Lions? That was a great movie. That was just like PG. I think. Yeah, that's like, see, I like movies like that. Happy movies. Uh, I'm gonna say that's yeah PG, PG. Yeah. All right. Well. Yeah. Okay. I, so, I can't. I can't. I can't even. So tell movies. You, we've yeah. taken care of that. We took, Sec- I, secular yeah. music. Yes. Yeah, I have secular music. I like you too. I like Mumford and Sons, Coldplay, Kanye West. We we like him at the moment. Although I don't think I've really listened to any of his other stuff other than the newest album that just came out. So like that. That's okay on the music front. I just have to say. Okay. I cannot. This is going to get me into trouble, but I'm saying it anyway. I cannot stand K Love, which is a quote air quotes Christian music station. I cannot stand K Love because. They are always asking for money. Yeah. It's like one continuous, we need more money. We're going doing our you, big You know what my drive. immediate reaction is when you say K-Love? K-Love. It's like um, love songs to my boyfriend, Jesus. No. No. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. So that'll definitely get me in trouble. So yeah. rated our movies, secular music. Do you listen to secular music? I what do. Is secular anyway? You know what I mean? Well, it's, it's, it's explicitly Christian. Because, I mean, some of the stuff that's played on Christian radio, sounds it sounds no different than what you'd hear. Yeah, a lot of these things are Jesus, my boyfriend songs. Right, exactly. But if you, um, if, you, if you just played it on a regular secular music station, then you would think that it was a love song. That's it. Right. Right. The Creed is not a Jesus, my boyfriend song. I like that song. That's a good song. Okay, do... Yes, I have secular music in secular my... Music. Okay, curse words. Oh, good. I don't only, have... only for dramatic effect. I don't know what the hell you're talking about, to be real honest with you. You know? Yeah. I mean, you know. Hey, knock it off. Damn is in the Bible. Okay? Yes. There's a lot of buttons, especially think in the King about, James you know, Version. Let's I typically, not go there. when something slips out, for me, it's rare. Yeah. It, it'll, be a, it'll be a Bible cuss word. Yeah. You know? So, I don't know. Let's talk about Bible cuss words. What Bible? What cuss words are in the Bible? Hell is uh, in the Bible. Ah, uh, Jericho. Yeah, Jericho. No, 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 no. Philistine. Philistine. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah, yeah, that actually, that works. Samaritan. That was a derogatory slur. I, I remember as a young Christian calling some guy an uncircumcised Philistine. You Samaritan. Oh, man. Uh, no. I don't think we should go down the list no. of the King James no, Version. Don't do the J- King words. James, yeah. Yeah. Um, do I utter an occasional curse word? Really? I don't really use curse words if if one slips out occasionally i'm probably not in a good place and yeah. andrea will let me know <laughs> yeah it's uh I, well here she'll she'll do one of these has this ever happened to you oh really pastor oh Ooh. no i've Ouch. never i've actually never had that one in 32 years of marriage but That's here's great. the one i get oh okay and in fact our favorite bible commentator i mentioned this in the car with him and his wife yeah and they laughed hysterically Without admitting that they had actually had the same conversation. Okay. But my wife will say to me, so if I was one of your counseling appointments, uh huh, what would you tell me? We. And I'm like, first of all, I don't sleep next to my counseling appointments. We don't good. share that's a checkbook. A good, we don't share rule. a checkbook. They don't make my dinner. And, you know, No. I said I would be brutally honest because I would not have to worry about those right. feelings following me home. Right. But you don't want me to. You can't handle the truth. You do not <laughs> want me to be brutally honest. That's not a rated R movie. No. Either. So I didn't see. Uh, well, maybe I did see that movie. I'm sure you did. What was that, that movie? Was Tom Jack Cruise. Nicholson. 
I don't remember the name of it. Yeah. Oh, A Few Good Men. A Few Good Men. A Few Good yeah. Men came to mind. Yeah. So anyway, um, now just an overview on the whole. I want to go Ooh. back to the movie thing for Ooh. a second. Rated R. Oh. A Few Good Men. So that I might saw be, an that might movie. be the last one we saw. Yeah. 1992. Wow. Wow. There's no nudity in there, but just cussing, I think. Yeah, there was some mean scenes in that movie. Are the Lord of the Rings movies? I don't know. I mean, so if you were to take the Bible. No, PG-13. Okay. Take the Bible. All right. I'm, I'm going to take the Bible. Uh-huh. And you were going to have to rate it. Ooh, as it totally is. rated R. It's rated R. Totally rated R. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So. That's why someday we're going to do that series. Rated R? It's got a it's got a curse word in it. Is that a curse word? No, the other one. You know what I'm talking about. Holy. Holy. Yeah. That's in the Bible? That's in the Bible. That's going to be the greatest Bible series ever. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, maybe we should go on to number six. Okay, but hang on. One, one point. Uh-huh. If you parents out there don't think media has power over your children, I want you to go get one of those old school Bruce Lee karate movies and put that on the television and let Only your... Only if you have boys. Yeah, if you have boys. You yeah. have your, your, it doesn't work Like your four or five-year-old boys or up to eight or ten. I mean, in there. And you turn that on. And just sit back and watch. And they will be a full force, I mean, a karate epic battle going on in your living room within five minutes. Paint the fence. Yes. Wax, wax on, on, wax, wax off. off. They're just, boys, it just it influences. And then I, I've seen boys grow up in houses where they can't have guns and things like that. Everything turns into a gun. I, I saw a kid Not make to a, mention, your finger makes a perfect yeah, gun. Absolutely. You just put your finger, I saw a kid make up, a, gun a gun out of a piece of cheese. A monster gun. Nice. Yeah. So Are you sure it wasn't a cheddar gun? No, no. This was monster. monster? Okay. Yeah. So right. anyway, the Swiss don't make guns out of their cheese. I hear the Swiss got good guns. They got great guns. The Steyr Aug is one of them. There you go. They use those all the time. So anyways, number six. Okay. Uh, are Job's children in heaven? Don't know. Yeah, we don't know. Scriptures are silent. Yeah. I. You know one thing that really impressed me about that story, though, hmm. is just how much Job was such a good dad. He's offering sacrifices for, for his each kids, one of his kids, just regularly. in case they messed up. Regularly, he's doing the best thing he can. Right, that's awesome. So maybe they are. God is gracious. I don't know. Absolutely. Hmm. Um, Number seven. All right. Do you believe there are modern day demon possessions? Yes. Along the same vein, are there modern day prophets? Demon possessions? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Have you uh, interacted with people who are demonized? Yes. Yes. Me too. Um, I know some Christians are really into the demon, quote, casting out ministry. Well, we talked about that. that a little bit ago, just a few minutes ago. Yeah, that's a really creepy thing. Okay, well, we got to really, we got to identify what we mean. By, by demonic that. possession? Well, and I wouldn't just use, so or generally oppress- speaking. Oppression. Well, but generally yeah. speaking, there is this uh, either or kind of scenario. Either people are possessed or they are oppressed. And I think that that doesn't go far enough. I think that they're, you know... There are Christians who have, uh, they're not possessed. I don't think that a Christian can be possessed. Right. But they have some pretty strong attachments demonically in their life. Things that they have allowed the enemy to hold a position in their life. Right. 
And as a result, they're believing lies that the enemy has told them, or they are in bondage to various things that the enemy has, you know, been allowed to keep in their life. And uh, I think that we, you know, sometimes Christians really need to deal with that stuff uh, through what we would call spiritual warfare, very targeted prayer and obedience to the scriptures. And there are some times where uh, I do think that demonic influences can be attached to various things. For example, a number of years ago, I was uh, called by a family who used to be a part of our church. They used to be a part of this community. I believe they moved away. And uh, they had a young daughter who was in the children's ministry. And she was kind of freaking the parents out because there was some sort of demonic influence that was speaking to her. And uh, she kept hearing this voice and kept seeing this shadowy figure. And so I, with another pastor, went over to their house to go pray for the little girl and pray for their house. First thing I asked them when we came into the house, sat down with the family, asked the little girl is, you know, do you see this little being right now? And she goes, yep, he's right over there. Okay. And uh, she says, he's not happy you're here. Oh, well, that's good. I'm glad to know that. Yeah. Um, he shouldn't be happy that we're here because greater is he who's in us than he who's in the world. Uh, so I asked the parents, I said, um, have you received anything old, any sort of trinket recently that seems like maybe this started around the same time. Sure enough, the little girl had received from her grandparents a gold pan from like a great-great-grandfather. And the story was that great-great-grandfather was, you know, seeking gold back in the 1800s and that he was a, a, a known criminal and even believed that he may have killed somebody. And so she had this little gold pan because she was in fourth grade when you study California history. Yep. And she wanted to bring it to school. And I told the family, I said, listen, sometimes I do think that there can be demonic attachments to various things. Uh, we know this when we travel to other countries like uh, in Africa and that, you know, we counsel people to be careful, the Dude. little carvings that they buy and stuff yep. like that. Uh, because some of these things are, you know, they've been, shall we say, blessed. I don't even know if that's what you'd call it, by a, a witch doctor. And there may be demonic attachments to these things. So I said, if I were you, I'd, I'd destroy and get rid of that gold pan. And um, if I remember correctly, I believe they did. And their little problem that they were having went away. Yeah. I'm really... That kind of freaks some people out. Yeah. I'm really hesitant to talk too much about it because it's so interesting to some people. Right. And I've seen some people really go down this path and, and into very unhealthy places. I'm just... It's something that um, I don't enjoy dealing with. Right. I mean, uh, I have some good friends, close friends yeah. who I trust and uh, who absolutely love the Lord and are good godly men who are involved in this area of spiritual yeah, warfare I, yeah, prayer. Yeah. I've met them. And yeah. um, so I do I do agree. I think you can get you can get way too far off in the weeds on anything, whether it's eschatology or it's person and work of the Holy Spirit, charismatic stuff, or it's demonology. So I think we do need to be careful about that stuff. But we, you know, we shouldn't pretend like this stuff doesn't exist. Right. It's out there. And it's creepy. And I think you got to be really careful um, dabbling in witchcraft right. and, and these, you know. I did read an article the other day that there's a big rise in people engaging in seances and the occult in the U.S., which uh, is not a good or helpful thing. I don't think that's a good plan. No, bad plan. Yeah. Very bad plan. So are is there modern-day demon possession? Yes. Uh, modern-day prophets. 
Uh, I think it depends on what you mean by a prophet, because Jesus declares that the law and the prophets ended with John the Baptist. So there's something about an Old Testament or Old Covenant prophet that is different than that which is under the New Covenant, New Testament. But in the New Testament, we do read about people who prophesy. Right. Or we do read about in Ephesians 4, it talks about Jesus gave some apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. So generally, we have interpreted that to be people who speak forth or preach and declare God's word mm -hmm. so that they're acting in some capacity as a prophet. Uh, but it's not in the same capacity as the uh, the Old Testament. The office of, of prophet. Right, yeah. yeah. I'm always a little concerned when I, I've, I've met a few prophets over the years Ugh. who told me that, well, I'm a prophet. I'm very concerned when I meet the person who introduces themselves as a prophet. Yeah, my, my thing is, is like, you know what they did with... with yeah, prophets, let's get a, when their prophecies let's get a didn't, of rocks. Yeah, when prophecies didn't come true, right? Um, you know, they get stoned. Not, yeah, the yeah. There's no with rocks. Stone. Yeah, with yeah, rocks. That, that's stoned. And so, um, I just uh, the penalty for bad prophecy doesn't exist uh, like it like it was back then. I, I'm really just super leery when somebody tells me that they're a prophet. Now, there's personality types. That I've seen people that, you know, the, the people have labeled and go, oh, that guy's kind of a prophet. He has an attitude like a prophet. That's what they're speaking to. They're not saying he's a prophet prophet. Um, so you don't want to confuse that either. But, um, yeah, kind of, uh, yeah, the office of prophet is we believe in prophecy, but we do not believe in the, uh, the office of prophet, so to speak, like in the Old Testament is much different. It would appear to be. Yeah, like right. Samuel and the guys. Was he a prophet or a judge? He was a judge. Yeah. Um, hmm. Isaiah. Isaiah was a prophet. Jonah was a prophet. Yeah, but he never really got it. <laughs> I was going to see if you yeah. caught that one. Yeah, yeah. What a great movie. <laughs> that was a great movie. Okay. Um, so answered that. Number eight, I listened to Pastor Miles discuss hedonism. Ooh. If you're British, would you say hedonism? I don't know. Oh, in regard to John Piper. John Piper. We Speaking got the piper down. Yes. Right, I looked Maurice. the word up and gave, and it gave very general definitions. I looked it up. It, I didn't think it was, well, there were a lot of different definitions. Hmm. It is the belief that pleasure or the absence of pain is the most important principle in determining the morality of a potential course of action. Various theories of conduct are the sole or chief good of life. You hmm. said, Piper said, obtaining joy is important. Yeah. Did you say that? Well, I did a video because someone asked about John Piper's book, Desiring God, mm -hmm. that I think I still have hanging around on my desk here. Uh, so hedonism in kind of the Greco-Roman mindset is totally different than what John Piper is talking about. Hedonism is the pursuit of pleasure, sensual self-indulgence. And uh, the the philosophy or the mindset that you know, life basically is all about the satisfaction of your sensual desires, your pursuit of pleasure. So John Piper, a former pastor of a church in Minneapolis, Minnesota, uh, he wrote a book many, many years ago, maybe late 80s, early 90s, called, called Desiring God. And he kind of coins this phrase, comes up with this concept, Christian hedonism. And um, what he what he's kind of speaking to is that he... he he takes the, so there's, you know what a catechism is, Mark? Yeah. Kind of like a statement of belief or right. faith. 
-hmm. It used to be that you would have a catechism that had a whole bunch of questions with biblical answers. And the Westminster Catechism begins with the question, what is the chief end of man? And the, the answer in the catechism is the chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. So Piper, he makes a, a slight change to the answer, and he says the chief end of man is to glorify God by enjoying him forever. And so he carries that into this whole thing of Christian hedonism, and he basically says that God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. And so he says that our pursuit mm. as Christians should be to should be to find our satisfaction our joy in god and that this brings him glory when we find our greatest joy in god now here's the problem with what piper teaches i i think that that statement the chief end of man is to glorify god by enjoying him forever great that's wonderful but what exactly does that mean and when he tries in his books and he's written a lot of books and uh, in his preaching he's preached a lot of messages when he tries to like, I don't know what we'd say, unpack that whole yeah. thing. And es- what, what explain it. Yeah, let, let's explain it yeah. practically. I, I got to say he's a little fuzzy on what he means by that. And, you know, someone who might be a critic who likes John Piper might say, well, I don't think you've read enough of his books or listened to enough of his preaching, Miles. Listen, I've gone to his conferences for years. I've read a lot of his books and listened to a lot of his teaching. And in a lot of ways, I, I like a lot of things that he teaches. I don't agree with his Calvinism. Um, but yeah, I don't think he does a good job of explaining what he means by that, that, you know, that we should make it our entire pursuit to find our joy in God. What does that look like to live as a person whose chief end is to enjoy God? I'm not sure he's done a great job of practically explaining that. Yeah, I need to, I mean, I think of an example of, uh, was it Eric Lytle? Little? Is little, it Little or Little? Little Lytle, Lytle, one of the two. The uh, chariots of fire guy. Yeah, the quote. Yeah, here we go. Yeah, um, that's the extent of my singing. But the um, the quote in there because they're they're going back and forth if he should be in the Olympics, mm. and, and he he makes the statement. He says, "Well, when I run, I sense God's pleasure." Right. And I think there's definitely times in our lives when we're doing something where we sense God's pleasure. Scuba diving. Scuba diving. Preaching Surfing. in a pulpit, I would say. Oh, yeah, say, preaching. Definitely. Yeah, well, gosh, yeah, you know, throw so that around. Yeah, yeah, right. when, yeah. yeah, and then, you know. You're, Shooting guns, hunting. Yeah, absolutely. There's things, yeah. You're in nature. You're doing things. And you, you're like, man. You hedonist. You're not, at, you're not at church, but the Lord is there, you know, type thing. And there's definitely those things. But, you know, if I'm using that to explain it or unpack it, boy, you could really go really wrong there. Right. Really wrong there. That's why I'm saying, like, I I think that he makes a good biblical case for what he believes in this whole thing, but he doesn't do a good practical job of explaining what that looks like in a Christian on a regular basis. That would be my, my complaint. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if that helps. Probably not. Anyways. Yeah. I think that's the last of the questions. It's good. You know, it's kind of like not explaining it. Like I got in trouble. Uh, Juliana Chavez. Yes. You know, new, a new listener to the podcast. New listener. She's, she's been a part a of the new, church forever. I know. And she just, she just gets cooler and cooler all the time, I guess. But uh, we were at the connect group. I was telling you about last yeah. week. The And, you know, again, when I'm with my people, it's kind of more on the Mexican-y side of town, town and things. That's me. Those are my people. And so we're all there eating Mexican food, and she made sopes. You just like good food. Well, I mean, I like, yeah, Period. I do. 
I'm a hedonist when it comes to that. You know, hedonist. A hedonist. All right. Yeah. Right. It's, so, it's, so it sounds proper. so much more intelligent than no, hedonist. It doesn't, it doesn't. No, not really. So anyway, um, and I made the comment. They're like, you know, sopes are like, sopas are like, sopes are like. Is it sopes? I think so. It's okay. not sopa is is different. That's soup. Oh, okay. So supa, yeah, supa. Uh, but I said, oh, they're like waffles with beans on them, you know. Ah, man, I got you got walloped. Oh man, she was breaking you it got down. Put in your place. Yeah, if That's you ever good. want another sope again, don't don't call them waffles. So, you know, I, I got to make like a public apology. They're like their own classification of masa filled goodness. It's like every culture has its. Um, it's kind of burrito yeah. style thing, or, or um, yeah, or ravioli. Like every culture has its ravioli. The French have crepes. You roll that. Well, that's that's kind of like the burrito thing. But I was thinking of like, you got you got the raviolis. I'm Italian. Raviolis. Okay. Then you get a you go to Asia. You get wontons. Okay. And then you go up and you get pierogies. That's kind of the same, same thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, everywhere you go, you got those kind of things. Meat pies. Yep. In various places. And then the same thing with and pigs the, uh, in a blanket. Yeah. Well, the same thing with the burrito thing. Like you get a nice big carne asada burrito, which San Diego is known for some pretty good carne asada burritos. Good, the California yeah. burrito came yeah. from San Diego. But then you go to um, Turkey, and they got this really great duner thing, which they you get them in Germany all the time too. Duner, it's what's duner. for dinner. It's awesome, and it's like this giant tortilla thing, which is like a Turkish pizza filled with a whole bunch of meat and all kinds of goodness. They roll it up, give this giant thing to you. It's like a, it's like a Turkish carne asada burrito. Then you, you go, go to Israel and they get, they got the same thing, flatbread. You're in Israel. You take the flatbread, you roll it up with your, uh, falafel, uh, falafel and, your, and you've and got a burrito. Meat. Oh, yeah. it's good stuff. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah. Mm. How did we get on this topic? Cause we talk about food. That's after lunch though. Yeah. All right. Well, we should probably close this out cause we're, we're going long here. Yeah. That never happens. Huh? Do you have a special word that we should give to our people? Last week was creme brulee. I had some people come and give me the, the special words. The creme on brulee. Creme brulee. Yeah. That was ours last week. You don't remember that? No. I have a bunch of people come up and talk to me about that. People, so. you, they can come and they say, I'm a hedonist. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Maybe that's not a good no, one. That's no, that's not a good one. That's, you know. Mm. Let's see. Hmm. This is going to be the hardest part of our day. <laughs> man, I'm going to need to take a break after this, man. I, I, yeah. The Samaritan? What? Samaritan. Samaritan? I'm not a Samaritan. Yeah, there you go. I'm not a Samaritan. All right. So. Peace out. All right. We'll see you all on Sunday. Adios. Wow.